listen, right, Bond, don't muck it up, yeah, just, no, shush. Yeah, I think you're quite right. I think that she quite possibly would be at the forefront of Broccoli's minds at the moment. Um, she'll at least get an offer, I would have thought. Yeah. I would like it if his cheeks went blue, you know, like the Wars do in the zero gravity thing. Yeah. I love that that was the first time we talked about shaking a bucket on this podcast, but actually, exactly. it's actually not. <laughs> it's Build-A-Bond. My name's Stuart Morrison. Please welcome my co-host. He's got a name to die for. It's Fraser MacArthur. Lovely. Thank you very much, Stuart. How are you doing? Yes, I'm doing very well, thank you. Unfamiliar surroundings for you again, by the looks of things, Fraser. Yeah, you're right. You're in the northeast. I'm in the northeast, but you're Scotland and I'm England. This is oh. Newcastle. Nice. Sort of my my homeland in a way. Really? Listeners might might not know that I'm actually half half Geordie. My mum is from South Shields. Is that right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. No way, man. <laughs> I actually find that really offensive. <laughs> I'll cut that bit out then. You're traveling around a bit, mm. Fraser. Bond himself travels around quite a bit as well. He's all over the place, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever traveled to any of the places that he's been to? Uh, yes, yes, I have. In fact, we have together, I believe. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You and I visited uh, with two of our other friends, uh, you and Alan, give them a wee shout out there. We went on a trip to St. Petersburg. We did, yes, of course. Famous for those scenes in Goldeneye. A brilliant scene, a fantastic uh, tank chase through yeah. the area of St. Petersburg. It was amazing. I have to um, say, when we went, I really enjoyed St. Petersburg and it did not look anywhere near as sort of Soviet as it's portrayed. I guess when Goldeneye was filmed, it was a lot closer to the, uh, the Soviet Union, but it was beautiful when we were there. I had a really great time. Yeah, I loved it. The, the river's all frozen over with mm. ice. And, yeah, really nice place. Loved it. Um, Not a lot of tanks driving around though. No, I didn't see any tanks. Um, I've also been another GoldenEye one. I've also been to Monte Carlo. Oh, very. No, that's very glamorous. Very glamorous indeed. Uh, mm. I've been in the casino, but uh, I have been to, I suppose, what it's the capital city, isn't it, of Monaco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then apart from that, I've, I've, I don't think I've been many other places, but I am going to San Francisco in October. Oh, nice. You took ill. View to a kill, yeah, the famous Golden Gate Bridge limp scene. Yeah, yeah. You don't know, hopefully I'll bump into Grace Jones. Yeah, that would be very good. Great character. Mm. What about you? Have you ever been any other places? Uh, the one that I remember um, going to and being like quite actively aware that it had been in a Bond film is I go to Sardinia quite a lot. That's where my partner uh, grew up and it features a lot in The, the Spy That Loved Me. Mm. you'll remember that iconic scene where the lotus comes out of the water like after of it's been course. turned into a submarine i haven't been to that exact beach unfortunately but i've been in the same sort of area and it's yeah really beautiful there you know those are these beautiful car scenes bond driving around in his lotus so yeah. been there quite a bit i did actively go out of my way once to go to the the national gallery gallery in london to see do you remember that scene in skyfall where um, bond first meets q oh yeah 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 and they're in front of a big painting of a ship. Ah, I did go. I, I went to the National Gallery pretending I was being all cultured and wanting to absorb art, but really I just wanted to go and like recreate that scene from Skyfall. <laughs> Which one I did? You were you Daniel Craig or Ben Whishaw? Well, unfortunately, one wanted to come with me, so I had to do both roles. Which <laughs> uh, 
you know, I felt like I was up to. So uh, a, a, a very good episode coming up, I feel. I can feel it in my bones tonight. Um, yeah, really. I'm a bit nervous about this one, I'll be honest with you. Me too. But what is it, Stuart? What are we doing? So, yes, the reason I'm nervous is because we are going to invite a very, very special guest onto the show. And we are going to ask them to build their dream James Bond film. They're going to pick the actor to play Bond, actor to play the co-star, the actor to play the villain, who is going to direct their film, and then who is going to perform the theme song. As well as that, they're going to pick any other Bonds, AOBs, anything else they want for their film. Other characters, other members of the cast and crew, locations, anything, anything at all. Anything and everything. Exactly. We could be here all night. We very much could be, and I do know... I'm sure I won't be revealing anything when I say our guest this week is a bit of a film buff. A bit of a film buff and a big bit of a Bond buff as well. Yeah, so we could literally be here all night. So uh, Before we get, we get our guest in, uh, mm-hmm. I've got a question for you. A wee quiz. As always, as always. Yes, yeah. You'll like this one. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Madonna. <laughs> I'm enjoying it already. <laughs> Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. Uh-huh. Madonna, your Donna, Abdi's Donna. <laughs> She's the voice of our least favourite Bond song, but she also performed a feature ditty in a, another spy franchise, Austin Powers. But which of those came first? Her Bond theme or her Austin Powers theme? Oh, that's a very good question. It's another 50-50 one, so, uh, you know, you've got a good yeah. chance of getting it right. Hmm. Now... I don't want to give away too many clues. I don't, she wasn't in the first Austin Powers, I don't think. Hmm. I'm going to have to think about this one. It's going to have to be a guess, I think, but I'm going to think about it during the episodes. Come back to me at the end and uh, we'll see if I've managed to deduce from my knowledge of two of the most famous spy franchises, I think, two of the best spy franchises. Um, and of course, bridged by one of the best <laughs> pop artists of several generations. Yeah, I think, I think you'll get it. I think you'll be able to work it out. Okay, okay, right, leave it with me. And uh, in the meantime, I suppose we should get our special guest in. Let's do it. Way, way back in 2002, my great grandmother, Nora Logan, may she rest in peace. Uh, she's not dead, she's just got noisy neighbours. She um, decided for my birthday to, to subscribe me to a magazine called Total Film. And 19 years later, it still pops through my letterbox every single month. Tonight's guest is the woman in charge of that magazine, and I'm slightly intimidated that pretty much all of my film knowledge has come from her work. She's a tour de force in Hollywood, and we're super stoked that she wanted to build a bond. So here we go. It's Jane Crowther. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. No worries. Fraser's not lying. We used to live together in a flat, and... Fraser's bedroom was covered from floor to ceiling in old uh, editions of Total Film. His walls were covered in the posters he used to get in Total Film. He is calls himself a film buff, but actually he's just a Total Film buff. Oh, you know that's it's so nice that you know people still like buying magazines. It's a bit of a dying art, isn't it, of, of buying the old magazines? So it's lovely to meet people that actually buy them. I know, and I, and I wish I'm, I'm actually recording here from a hotel in Newcastle. Um, and I wish that I was back at home so that you could see my DVD collection in the background. It's sure. I mean, you know what my DVD collection is like. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the envy of film buffs around the world. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm sure, I'm sure Jamie Graham would be proud. 
Well, I was going to say, you know, you've got a lot to live up to with Jamie Graham. He, but he does have a mad dog in his his uh, sort of lovely room full of kill list posters and signed memorabilia. Um, as you might have heard on our podcast, his dog often comments on the films as well. So that's what you need if you want to compete with him. But yeah, he he is our biggest, I think, nerd. And I use that in the best way on Total Film. And uh, you've probably been reading about his reviews for several years. Anyway, less about Jamie, more about yourself. What is the, tell yeah. me about your, I mean, how did you get involved in Total Film and, and, and journalism and things? Um, well, I was a massive film, still am a massive film nerd uh, from being a kid. And it's the only thing I wanted to do. I initially wanted to be Lois Lane, but then I realised that news reporting was hard. And actually there were people in the world who watched films and talked about films and just wrote about films and thought about films and did nothing else but think about films. And they were film critics and I just desperately wanted to be one of those. Um, so I yeah, started uh, on my university newspaper, started freelancing for the local paper in my area, which was the Yorkshire Post. And um, yeah, ended up on a magazine called Flix magazine with Jamie Graham. I don't know if you remember it. It was one that used to get free in the Odeon. Oh, so I, that was yeah. my first job. And, and then I started freelancing for Total Film and then joined them. And now I'm the editor in chief of it. Amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. And we're a little bit intimidated here because normally we have guests on and sort of Fraser and myself, we're the kind of Bond nerds and we sort of see ourselves as the knowledge on Bonds, but when we have you on today, I feel like we're going to be the ones with the lesser knowledge of Bond and you're going to be the one putting us in our place. I doubt that very much. I mean, I adore Bond. It's, you know, one of the things that I've watched from being a very young mm. kid and been lucky enough to be on several Bond sets, which honestly felt like out-of-body Make-A-Wish Foundation moments, you know? Uh, those were the sort of movies I dreamt of being on set of when I was a kid. And so to actually get on there and to get down to the weaponry department and for them to hand you a Walter PPK <laughs> and be able to hold it and is amazing. And, you know, one time I went to Pinewood and they were like, do you want to go and look in the archives? I was like, yes. And they gave me some white gloves and I went into this room and fiddled about with um, Jaws's gold teeth or silver teeth uh, and um, held the egg from the Fabergé egg um, that's in Octopussy. Yeah. Um, had a flick through um, Sean Connery's annotated personal script oh um, and took apart the golden gun from the man with the golden gun. No way. It was literally like a dream. It was wow. amazing. And they have this wonderful sort of Narnia-esque closet at Pinewood full of all this stuff. Um, that Barbara Broccoli can let you into if she so desires. Wow, it must be the sort of thing that no matter how cool you think you are or how much you're kind of keeping it together, you must just totally nerd out when you go into totally a situation like out. that. Yeah, totally. Like the man with the golden gun stuff. <laughs> and I'm now holding it as the lighter. Absolutely amazing. It's so incredible. I love that. What was the, what was the first one set you ever went to? So I didn't get on one for quite a while, um, but I, it was Skyfall, which frankly is one of my favourite Bonds. I mean, Casino Royale is my favourite of uh, the uh, Daniel Craig era and probably arguably my, one of my favourite Bonds of the entire series. But um, Skyfall's pretty special. And mm. um, 
it was kind of weird because I was invited to go on this set of, they were like, oh, it's the Skyfall Lodge. It's the Skyfall Lodge. It's like, what? What's that? No, we can't say it. It's the Skyfall Lodge. You could go to the Skyfall Lodge and you'll be the only press on the Skyfall Lodge. So I went down there to, as you will know, um, this XMOD. I think it's currently actually MOD land where they built the Skyfall Lodge. And it was a completely 360 degree set. You could walk in that front door and through the hall and then you could walk out through the back and they had like a pheasant shooting closet and Bond's wellies and his wax jacket hanging up and uh the wall and the garden had all been made and there was a you know a db6 parked up in front um oh my god and amazing totally amazing so i'm having this lovely day um there weren't any actors on set it was just second unit they were shooting uh with the doubles but they wouldn't say who was coming or what was going to happen and then as it got dark they're like you're going to need to sort of stand away so we walked through to the bond graveyard you know the family plot yeah. graveyard which is just a bit away and stood there whilst they set the thing on fire and that, that's a pretty impressive explosion yeah that's absolutely massive it even was, on screen it seems massive i mean we were stood a long way away and you could feel you could toast marshmallows from where we were sitting it was immensely hot and incredible visually and at the end of the day, you know, I was like, wow. And then we watched the helicopters come over and silver, you know, and all of this. And it was amazing. And at the end of the day, they took the pass off me and I drove home. And I was like, how amazing is that going to be? And then clearly somebody twigged that that might not be a great scene for somebody from the press to have seen. <laughs> but they told me I could never write about it because it's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it was be, still an amazing day. It was, I did eventually, obviously, because everybody's now seen it. We all know mm -hmm. that Skyfall Lodge burns to the ground and why. But, um, yeah, at the time, I could do nothing with it. So I was invited again on set to Pinewood. And so I watched the um, the, the tube crash through oh, the underground really? whilst wow. they were. And they had this amazing two-third scale tube that crashed through this huge set. Uh, quite incredible, astonishing. So when you're there and you're seeing, obviously now like looking back and, you know, we know those are iconic scenes and those are like, you know, especially the Skyfall stuff is really, you know, quite a big moment in the film. But we, I guess you didn't know that at the time. Are you trying to piece it together? Are you thinking, oh, this, what could this mean? You know, are you trying to like join the dots? Absolutely. I mean, you're being a spy when you're on a Bond set. Well, as you are, if you've got a Marvel set or anything else where the secrecy is super high, you sign this document that they'll take your firstborn or whatever, if you be <laughs> the word of it. And they're all extremely good at telling you how exciting this film is going to be without giving you any details. So you're always trying to work it out. And I can remember at Pinewood getting Judy Dench in the corner and saying, you know, Judy, is, is, is this going to be the last one? And she was like oh goodness, no idea, blah, blah, blah. And when I got pictures of uh, the film to look at, to print in the magazine, there was the scene that we now know with that someone had just redacted, redacted. So we're like, what's going on? Um, and then when you see the film, you're like, oh my God, wow. M, that was happening. And oh, and the blown up hacks. Oh, and now it all makes sense. Um, but that's partly the pleasure. You don't necessarily want to know too much about a Bond film before you watch it do you? Yeah. yeah here's a question I don't know if the timing's word have worked out here but have you seen No Time to Die? No. <sighs> are you, have you really not seen it or are you just saying that? No I really haven't seen it um, 
we were on set of it. My colleague Jordan Farley was on set of it um, uh, at Pinewood again, and he's seen a lot of stuff. And you know, we have a good inkling about it, but no, nobody's seen anything. Oh, we, we were really we were just, we were debating this beforehand, saying like oh, she might have seen it, but there's no way she'll tell us anything about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, don't trust me because if I had seen it, I wouldn't be able to say. It, but, <laughs> um, you know, if you told us, you'd have to kill us. I would have to kill you. I have my Rosa Clev shoes on right now. So. <laughs> Amazing. Well, the question we normally ask at this point to our guests is, are you a big Bond fan? But I think we could probably skip that one and uh, <laughs> be pretty confident that you are. Do you have a favourite James Bond? Who, which of the actors is your, is your favourite? I mean, I, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's, hmm. I grew up with Roger Moore. Roger Moore was my Bond. But... He's obviously not the greatest Bond, is he? Not when you're watching him push Max Zorin off a Golden Gate Bridge with his girdle straining. That's not Bond that you think of. So, I mean, I have to say, I think Daniel Craig is amazing. And what he did to reinvigorate the franchise and to surprise audiences was astonishing with Casino Royale. And Casino Royale has my favourite Bond girl, which is, you know, the lovely Eva Green. Um, mm. I think I think she's so hard to beat. So probably on all of those things, it's probably Daniel Craig, but I'll always have a soft spot for Roger Moore and his eyebrow. I mean, again, on this podcast, we've talked about before how, how much we love what Daniel Craig's done and how much we love those films. And it's sometimes when you talk, like you say, you're like a big Bond fan or stuff, people expect you to like really love the, the older ones and the classic films from the 60s and stuff, which we do love, but we also love the, the modern take. But sometimes it does miss that little kind of bit of charm, that eyebrow raise that Roger Moore mm. did so well and, and Pierce Brosnan kind of continued. And they do have little moments of it in uh, Daniel Craig, but he's definitely taken it in a much more grittier, um, yeah. more serious way, which, you know, Casino Royale and, and Skyfall are, are two of my favourites as well. Yeah. We won't say anything about Quantum of Solace, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. And um, Fraser's not much of a fan of Spectre either. I'm not, I, I, I have to say I don't didn't love that. Um, it's very very difficult to follow up when you've had such a good hmm. one before, isn't it? With so many you know rug pull moments. Yeah, I do think that if, if Spectre had come out before Skyfall, I think yes, it would work better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what we've said as well before. Like No Time to Die is like a not a make or break for Daniel Craig, but that would bring his ratio of like good ones to bad ones like three to two. So yeah. it's uh, a lot of pressure on Daniel. But I feel like this one's going to be in the good because that's how it goes. Good, bad, good, not so good. Yeah, good. that's so, a pattern, yeah. So I'm hoping <laughs> that it's going to be amazing and it'll be a fitting send off for him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's uh, let's start building your bond then. Cool. So let's have a little cheer. I don't know if you've got a drink there, but... I, of course uh, not. I'm so sorry. Let's pretend yeah. vodka martini, which I like stirred, not shaken. Sorry. I've got my vodka martini here. I've just got wine. I asked at this hotel for a vodka martini. I'm not going to name and shame the hotel, but they... They refused, didn't do one. They refused to serve me a vodka martini. Well, that's you not wearing, it's it. Were you wearing your bow tie when you asked for it? No, I was wearing my usual... Work. Perhaps it would have helped had you worn the bow tie. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we would have, actually. But I've only, I've only got, like... <laughs> like Are you wearing it with just pants? Like khaki trousers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Top half bond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I've had a little bit of insight here into who into who that you're going to choose for Bond, but I've left a secret to Stuart. So yeah, um, why don't you reveal to Stuart who 
Jane Crowther is your James Bond. So my Bond has to be Riz Ahmed. Um, he is really cool, great actor. I think in the sort of, in the Daniel Craig of like, having the acting chops, I think he has it. But he's also incredibly artistic and creative. Uh, I think, you know, he's just brilliant. And we've, you know, I don't know if you've seen Sound of Metal, but I think people suddenly thought, wait a minute, Riz Ahmed is very sexy. What's going yeah. on? Um, and I and I think he's, you know, he's he's very sort of, I just think he'd be a surprise. And I mm. do think, you know, um, he represents a modern Britain. Um, and we want to see some of that. We can't just keep going on down the same path. I, I think he would be a brilliant choice uh, to go with. And he's the right age right now. Um, a lot of people that we discuss, that the, the newspapers discuss, you know, by the time Barbara starts making her call to the man mm. or woman, perhaps, although she said no to woman, um, a lot of people we've been in discussion about will be too old to start. Sound of Metal is his layer cake that that I hope that Barbara and um, her brother will take a look at and have a think about. The only thing that, you know, I think he's a brilliant actor. I think he's, he's fantastic. I was just a little worried that he wasn't quite sexy enough. And I haven't seen Sound of Metal yet, but uh, I'm, I'm going to watch that with, with that in mind because for me as well, I, I always had him as a bit of a, a hot favourite as well. And exactly as you say, he's, he's the right age. He represents um, an exciting kind of point in Britain as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like that pick. And also, you know, he could do the theme tune if you wanted him to, because he's, you know, a rapper as well. Yes. Is he actually? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's a, I, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. Um, my only worry about Riz Ahmed is, is he a bit small? Just get small ladies and gentlemen <laughs> to surround him, don't you? Yeah, you could do clever like, camera trickery, like, you know, like they do like The Hobbit and stuff, but they do like the different angles <laughs> to make him look really big. Yeah, just, you know, Gandalf him, it'd be fine. Okay, okay. Gandalf, remember... Reza Ahmed, got it. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember um, that show? I looked him up. We shouldn't disparage his height. Let's see how no. tall he actually is. Um, I've met him, but I don't recall being thinking he was a small man, but there we are. I bet he's taller than me as well. I don't think he's really, you never see him like top of these lists, so you never see him like amongst the, the, the Tom Hardys and the Idris Elbas, who, as you say, are probably a little bit too old now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would love I, to see that. He's I'm five quite... foot seven and three quarters. Oh, yes. I'm taller than him. <laughs> tall enough to be, I hope he is Bond so that I can start saying that I'm tall <laughs> enough to be Bond. But you know what, like Bond, you know, Bond is about, presence in my mm. mind I don't think it matters how tall you are or how beefy you are it's about magnetic presence mm. and a sense of danger and I think Riz could do that I watched Riz Ahmed in a, a short film recently and I can't remember for the life of me what it was called but it was about the day of a wedding and there's like a, a in fact it's quite horrifyingly similar to very recent events actually like the day of a wedding in his family and um, it's they, they start getting raided by the, the home office uh, and it, he was just electric in it and just couldn't take your eyes off him. And he was one, I just, just at, at that point, that was the point where I knew he was in my top sort of top tier of actors in Britain anyway. Yeah, mm. he's, he's incredible. Um, I've never seen him be bad in anything. Um, yeah. And he can do funny. So if you did want a little bit of a, a winky bond, he could do it. He was in Four Lions. Lions yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you remember yeah, him in, in Nightcrawler with 
Jake Dillon, all the two like little scrawny guys. <laughs> You'd have to definitely beef up. That was a great performance. So really, I thought kind of underrated movie a little bit. I really loved it, but he was great in that as well. That was a few years ago now. Yeah, they were both great in that. Seems like there's no arguments here. We're all on board for Riz Ahmed. Any reservations, Fraser? Um, my, my only yeah, only reservations is the is the size thing, but it's not a big issue. Uh, but you know, this so your 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 Bond film. Jane, what's what kind of bond is he going to be? Is he going to have the cheeky wink, or is he going to be a, a bit more serious and gritty? I think he'd have that naughtiness, but in a streetwise way. Um, mm. If you watch him in uh, Mogul Mowgli, he has this sort of very cheeky, you know, swagger, and I think you're going to get swagger from him. Mm. Um, so I think it would probably be in the vein of Daniel Craig with the grittiness, but with that serious swagger, which we want from Bond. Mm. Great. I'm into it. Fantastic. I would, I would really love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Interested then to see who Riz Ahmed is going to be playing alongside in what is, we call it the co-star role because we, we don't want to put any restrictions on it. You can do whatever you want with it. It's traditionally known as the Bond girl, but mm. really it's, it's, it's whatever you want to do with it. Yeah. I mean, so I do have a Bond woman Mm-hmm. And equally, this is another person that I saw recently in a film that was very Marmite. People either loved it or loathed it, but I thought she was electric in it. And that's Zendaya, who was in Malcolm and Marie. Mm-hmm. And she looked like a Bond woman in that film. If you've seen her cooking the macaroni in a dress, she looks like she's walked out of a Bond film. I like, you know, like I said before, I love Vesper and I love Eva Green's delivery of, of Vesper where she's having none of his crap. And, you know, I want Bond to be skewered by his ladies. And I feel like if you watch Malcolm and Marie, um, Zendaya could skewer Bond and really put him in his place and be an equal to him. And if we're talking about, I think she is actually quite tall though. So that could be a worry for you. You're gonna have to really get off her a lot. Man has no problem with a tall woman, um, and you know, I think they'd look really good together as well. Mm. So, like the Spider-Man ones, or that's the, the ones she's kind of most famous for recently. Is that right? Yeah, she, I mean, she's she is in that, and she, but she she very much downplays the glamour in that, um, mm. and she looks great on red carpets. Mm. Always, she's always in the top, you know, best dressers and everything. I just think. I think she'd be really fun and strong as a. Mm. I feel like as well for both of them, like Zendaya and Riz Ahmed, although they're they're big stars and they're, and they're brilliant actors and they're you know very famous already, you sort of got to get them now because I think both of them are going to become you know, mega within the next few years. So you know it's really now or never if you want to to actors like that. And also, I think they're not massively well-known people mm. have seen them in things um and been aware of them but they don't really have a preconceived idea of them yeah like yeah when Daniel Craig was picked and everyone called him Mr Potato Head because <laughs> you know they were like who's this guy blonde bond but actually when you saw him in action you totally got what he mm. had seen in him and I think that's the same with those two they if you go back and look at the work they've done so far there's all the elements that you want from a Bond film in their performances there. And they, I think they make sense. They do to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved, I loved Zendaya and or Zendaya in um, Euphoria, the series. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Okay. I, I wouldn't, I, I imagine that's a, a very different role to the one that you're kind of pitching her for here. But um, yeah, I thought she was absolutely incredible in that. I've not seen Malcolm and Marie yet, but obviously starred alongside 
another very Bond-like actor, John David Washington. Easy. That's a too easy. I didn't go for him, but mm. I love him. You know, watching him in Tenet, I was like, has has Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli seen this? Because, you know, the man is wearing a suit well and being a total kick-ass. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he and Zendaya in that film really polarised audiences. But I kind of like that. I would like people that are not you know, comfortable and, uh, you know, that we just not like, oh, yeah, I want people mm. to challenge this franchise. It's, you know, we're on our, what are we on, 25 movies now? I think we want to be surprised by it, don't we, now at this stage? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. There is a lots of people out there who would be very by-the-book picks, but, you know, you, you have to keep changing it up and, and doing stuff different. Otherwise, yeah, you end up Roger Moore in his girdle, as you, as you mentioned earlier. <laughs> So they're they're kind of they're equals as you said they're quite that's how their sort of relationship's going to play out. Is it a love story? Or is there you know is something going on there? Well, do you want to do you want to know my plot and how what she is? Yeah, go so on. She, so um, I was inspired by the fact that the Pentagon is going to release papers that UFOs are real, <laughs> and bearing in mind we're getting back into a cold war kind of scenario i think we could go back to a cold war style bond and i think that we could go back to smirsh is it um and mm -hmm. you know bin off you know the whole specter business and go back to the the sort of days of rosa Klebb and and the rest of them and that you know i think that zendaya could be a really you know high-ranking uh officer in the pentagon i'd like to see her in a uniform um and also i'd like to see her you know really in the field with bond you know showing him that she can do guns which i think you know we're going to see in no time to die i think mm -hmm. we will see that with the new 007 um but yeah i'd like to see that and i think what we i'd like to see that the ufos are actually russian items by some diabolical villain uh, in some sort of terrible conspiracy that has been working for decades to spy on other countries and do horrible nefarious things via ufos they're not aliens they're just evil bond baddies i love that bringing back the cold war and that you know those that sort of era of bonds it does make it a little bit easier as well because sometimes they have to make these convoluted villain backstories and stuff whereas i just don't want anybody like being a bond villain with water again you know or being made to drink a can of oil in the desert i'd like <laughs> it to be like proper old school yeah or big stakes you know yeah. like yeah and, western yeah. civilizations on the line yeah yeah i'm thinking like samuel jackson and kingsman yeah. Like he makes a thing about the fact that he's a supervillain. Yes. <laughs> I like it. When you said, when you first started that description and said about the UFOs, I thought you were going to go in a totally different direction. <laughs> no, I'm not going Moonraker. Yeah. Though I have to say that holds a special place in my heart, that film. I do. Yeah. I do love that. Um, but no, I'm, I'm thinking more that the Pentagon's going to sort of, say these are real because it's got to a, a war and i think q's gonna have to build a ufo really as part of this nice a q ufo yeah a quiffo qfo i love that bit of space bit of cold war it's not a bond film unless it packs in loads of like <laughs> random kind of themes and stuff yeah 
Yeah. Don't you want to see Bond pilot a UFO at 8,000 miles or however fast they go? And and with no like previous training or anything, he just yeah. like jumps in and goes, okay, I'm, yeah, I've got the hang of this. But I would like it if his cheeks went, you know, like <laughs> Moore's do in the zero gravity thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to see. That was a good bit in Moonraker when yeah. when he, he's in the zero gravity thing and he gets the, the villains like pushing up the... Yeah. And it goes out of control. Yeah. But luckily the watch saves it. Yeah. Often the watch is the best. Yeah, yeah of course. What's the uh, the, doc, the the professor called? Drax, Hugo Drax. No, no, the, she has like a really bad Bond innuendo oh, name. Yes. Is it Goodhead oh. or something like it's that? Dr. Goodhead. Dr. Goodhead. <laughs> Doctor. Not as bad as Dr. Christmas, who only come, who comes only one more than once a year, doesn't she? She does indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was anyway. Where are we at, Fraser? So what? So uh, right. Let me just get my this right in my head. So the P- Pentagon are they the baddies then? Are they the ones? No, though the Russians are going well. Nefarious evil, Cold War esque evil. Right. Um, the Pentagon, Zendaya works for the Pentagon and Bond's going to have to work with her She's and probably Felix Lightower as well mm. um, but yeah he's going to have to work with the Pentagon on the fact that they've only released a certain amount of files to the public the ones they haven't released show that these are not actually alien UFOs they are mm. by a hideous conglomerate evil of which I don't know I don't know what they're up to Amazing, well I suppose that, that's a good point to tell us who is going to be your villain who is going to be masterminding this crazy cold war ufo world domination scheme so this is where i'm going to put a bit of camp in um (laughs) but also i'm going to keep it as a classic people love him richard e grant um i thought he was so fantastic in the star wars Mm. uh, episode he was in that I just wanted more of him being deliciously bad. Yeah. And I feel like he can probably do, I, I don't, you know, it could be the Russians, but I don't feel like the body, ha- the baddie has to be Russian. No. I mean, he can be. So I, I'd like to see Richard E. Grant doing a sort of disdainful British hosho against Riz Ahmed's, you know, scrappy underdog street smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sort of, I'd like to see a lot more sort of class war in Bond as well. Yeah, that could happen with that. Um, so are yeah. you pick, are you? Um, as it means, when you said him, I immediately thought of that character who plays in the Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Can't remember which Star Wars, but one of the more recent ones. He's kind of yeah, a bit of camp to him, a bit of you know, very kind of stiff. <laughs> Just a classic baddie. And, yeah. Um, the other thing about Richard E. Grant is he's incredibly enthusiastic as as a person and really loves all the work he does and is incredibly passionate about it. And I just think he'd be great on Graham Norton, telling stories about, you know, making it, all of that sort of thing. And, you know, as, a, as someone who works in the press, you uh, that's the end I'm looking at as well. It's really good if you've got somebody who's really good fun doing that because it just yeah. makes it all the more exciting and enticing when you actually go to see it, if somebody's set it up really well. Have you, have you met him before? Richard E. Grant. Mm. Yes, yes, I have. Yeah. I actually went to the BAFTAs with Richard E. Grant, not just him, but with a group of people. <laughs> and he's an absolute delight. Um, mm. Yeah. And he doesn't eat lamb anymore because of with Nell and I and having to eat a leg of lamb for an entire day during <laughs> with Nell and I when old Uncle Monty came to stay. Um, so, yes, and it was lamb on the menu at BAFTAs. He was rather upset about that because he, 
he had to have a vegetarian. Um, but oh. he's very charming about it. Super charming man, and just so enthusiastic about film and mm. the world and other people. Um, and I think he'd be as much of a fan as a Bond fan about it, and would just bring a real level of sort of excitement and giddiness about it. Have you ever seen the the video of him watching the Star Wars trailer that he was in? Yeah, How I mean, great is that? See, he'd do that, yeah. and he's yeah. really on social as well. So you know, you you'd probably get all sorts of little cheeky bits on social whilst he was filming, and yeah, I think he'd be great. So tell us a little bit more about who this villain he's playing. Though have you have you have you thought about his character at all? Do you know like what's his relationship with Bond? You mentioned a bit of a class dynamic. Yeah, I'm. I think that he wants to reset. You know, he's he's one of these people that just thinks um, you should have gone to Eton if you're going to be uh, in a certain position. Um, he's a man who goes to gentlemen's clubs. He likes this strata in society and he doesn't like change and I want him to see Bond as an anomaly that you know mm. has been to a school but he's an orphan you know and also I'm quite kind of intrigued about what they'll do with you know the whole um, Daniel Craig films have been linear and not episodic mm -hmm. so what are we going to do with the next phase has has his lodge always burnt to the ground and he has no family pile anymore? Yeah. Or starting fresh. So there's all that to sort of take into consideration. It could be that, you know, does he have connections with Christoph Waltz's character? Um, I don't know. But I think there's a lot of interesting sort of sociopolitics you could get into. And, um, yeah, snobbishness and, and bond blowing up that sort of old man's club element yeah it's almost a bit of like sort of fabulously wealthy fabulously mm. wealthy um and i'm sort of thinking of him as a bit like the man with the golden gun a bit scaramanga mm. in as much as i feel like he'd own an island mm. um and i kind of think that rich d grant could pull off you know like a proper bond lair that's um not just a sort of you know a place with a cat that we've seen already but you know, I, maybe even an open volcano. Who knows? I, I'd quite like to go back to that. And um, and I really, you know, I'd like him to, to set out a suit for Bond to come to dinner in. Oh. <laughs> like a Dr. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in a blue collar. Yeah, brilliant. I love any scene that involves Bond and the villain having dinner together. That's like my favourite thing. Yeah, and maybe like, I, I you know, I'd love it if even things like Riz Ahmed's Bond doesn't hold his knife and fork properly and uses oh, yes. his spoon and you know just you know puts his elbows on the table and doesn't use the right side plate and that's <laughs> absolutely infuriating Richard E. Grant's baddie. It's almost like a kind of sort of breaking the fourth wall kind of thing and like what Bond is supposed to be he's supposed to be all these sorts of things but Riz Ahmed's not that and yeah. it really annoys Richard E. Grant because he's like no you're not doing it you're getting Bond wrong yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alan like yeah, because I think if you're going to rip it up a bit, then there's probably some fans who are going to be a bit like that as well. And yeah. It would be quite nice to lean into that and the fact that we're not all going to agree on what the best Bond is. But even, you know, he's going to put, a, I don't know, like a cube of ice in his Chateau de What's It. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, like really screw with his mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with that <laughs> man sitting there stirring his martini. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
I'm loving this so far. This is brilliant. Yeah, it's very, it's quite deep. Like we're getting right into the the like the subtext here. I'm like, I'm liking it. Yeah, it does feel like a, a Bond fans Bond film, doesn't it? It's, you know, playing on all these kind of like not cliches, but like parts of like the Bond universe. Start yeah. tinkering with them and, and playing with them and exploring them. So that takes us then on to who is it going to be that's bringing this all together? Who's going to be behind the camera telling everyone what to do? Who's directing your Bond film? How about we have Chloe Zhao do it? Because I wondered if you might say Chloe Zhao, obviously on fire at the moment. Well, on fire at the moment. And, you know, she's won an Oscar. And she's going to be directing, she has directed, and it will be coming out, The Eternals. So she's capable of mixing massive budget, huge Mm. spectacle and action. But what I'm hoping from The Eternals is what I would hope for this Bond, which is all the bang for your buck, but the emotional pull as well. And those frictions, those societal frictions uh, that make it interesting. So I think... I think she could be really interesting. And also, I know for sure she wouldn't shortchange any of the women in it. She'd ensure they were messy, interesting, uh, yeah. confrontational, strong, uh, yeah. confused, yeah. all of those things that um, she manages to make her characters in her other films. Yeah, um, yeah I think she would be really good. I just, she, you know, if you've seen um, Nomad Land and The Rider, she's so good at really empathizing with characters and I think that's one of the things that we really need with Bond is we want to understand him but also we want to understand the baddie so Mm. that it feels on some way real and you know how many years has it been and we've not had a woman direct a Bond so um, it is time that that happened and the fact that it the you know Bond is currently run by a very strong woman in Barbara Broccoli it's Mm -hmm crazy that she hasn't gone down that road as well so um I could see her wanting to see that as well but it it shouldn't just be about gender it shouldn't just be oh we want a woman director Mm -hmm. I just think Chloe Zhao right now is a very interesting director and the choices she's making at the moment makes me think that she wouldn't absolutely flat out say no to a bond I think she might be intrigued by the idea of it yeah yeah I don't know what she's what she's doing obviously she's finished Eternals uh Nomad Land's out there um, I don't know what she's doing next. I, I, I'm kind of maybe she's yeah. having dinner right now with Barbara and Michael. <laughs> maybe they're having a chat. If anyone, if anyone knew that, it'd be you, Jane. So you we're taking that as fact. <laughs> Let me just call Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're quite right. I think that she quite possibly would be at the forefront of the broccoli's minds at the moment. Um, someone with that as as much gravitas as Chloe Zhao. Yeah, I think I think definitely she'll be in there. She'll at least get an offer, I would have thought. Yeah. yeah, I would have thought they'll put it out to her just to see. And then maybe we could have a scene where Riz Ahmed shits in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? If we're going gritty bond, let's have yeah. him get terrible um, food poisoning in a foreign climb and have to, yeah, relieve himself in a bucket loudly. Yeah. Maybe he eats something incorrectly at the fancy dinner. You know, he doesn't yeah. eat, you know, I don't know what, like the, the sea urchins or something. He doesn't eat them yeah. right and he has to shit in a bucket. Yeah, dodgy oyster. Yeah. yeah. I'd love if that was the first time we talked about shitting in a bucket on this podcast, but actually, exactly. <laughs> it's actually not. I would also like to see that, like, Bond never has a flipping hangover, does he? 
Wouldn't you like to wake up in a cold sweat and think, I've mm. got practical vomit? Yeah. Yeah. Before he gets on his bike. He doesn't like, get drunk. We will never see him drunk once on yeah. a plane. Yeah. What's he doing? Is he just chucking them in the plants and not really drinking them? <laughs> He's just like sipping them really, really slowly or something. Yeah. yeah. We're going to see a really, really drunk Bond and then a really hungover Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Going, God, I've got to go to work. And he's have to go to the convenience store, get his can of Coke and Ginster's pork pie. <laughs> get that carb and fizzy drink load and possibly, you know, get into M's office with a Mars bar in his back pocket just in case you get a bit of a sugar drop. Jane, you sound like someone who's been into the office quite hungover many times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I certainly didn't go into the office hungover after the uh, Skyfall uh, premiere or the Spectre one. No siree. Um, where they do legendarily just have tables and tables of vodka martinis, which, you know, I bet. is sufficient, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, me and Fraser basically started this podcast with the sole aim of getting invited to a Bond premiere, so... This is like, you know, it's good that you set, you set the scene for us a little bit so we can prepare. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bond premieres are as glamorous as you think they mm. would be. Um, they're insane. Um, I'm sure I'm sure when the Broccoli's listen to the to this episode or to all of the other episodes that we've done, they'll be like, <laughs> get those boys in here. Yeah. And yeah. Jane, stop giving away my director choices. <laughs> we also have the... One of the most important things about Bond, which is the theme song. Mm-hmm. Would you prefer to do the rest of your cast now or go to theme song now? Right. One of my cast covers the theme. Wow. So, um, Retro D. Grant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Um, in fact, actually, I've realised that pretty much my cast are all musical people, which is interesting. Zendaya could do it. Mm-hmm. Um Riz could do it. My M could do it, but we'll leave that for a bit later. My money penny, I'm going to go for. It's not a Miss Money Penny. It's just a Money Penny, and it's going to be Ollie Alexander from It's a Sin. Uh, yeah, um, and I would like to see flirtation there with Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, Bond not feeling affronted by it and being, you know, because you know, I I just don't know that Bond is just purely you know, there for the ladies. I, I feel like there's many a young man or an old man of any age who enjoys a Bond. And I'd like to see a little bit of a friss on there. And I think um, Ollie Alexander was so good in It's a Sin. And if you just recently saw his performance on the Brit Awards, astonishing with Elton John. So I think he could do a really interesting theme tune as well. Um, and it- that, for some reason, that rings a bell in my head. and. And that I have got a, a memory that maybe when Spectre came out, I think I messaged Stuart to say, I bet you the next one theme is done by years and years. Did but you actually? I think it's I did. Band that you could imagine it, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. And the way he was dancing at the Brit Awards made me think he'd look, he could, you know, be part of the, the you know, the silhouettes at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think he'd be really great. And I would like to see banter that also could be you know viewed as flirtatious and whether or not Bond takes him up on that nobody knows who knows mm-hmm. but or maybe yeah. has taken him up in the past on it maybe has. Know. who mm-hmm. knows um but uh yeah. sort of slightly in the way that like actual Bond and Moneypenny are like you never know has there has there been an actual history mm-hmm. there you don't know yeah 
You never know, do you? Even yeah. after she's given him that close shave, you're still not sure. That's such happened. a great, great, great scene. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. So cool. Money, yeah. Money Penny, Ollie Alexander, and theme song Ollie Alexander. I love it. Yeah. Have you got a favourite theme song? Yes, my karaoke go-to is Carly Simon's <laughs> "Nobody Does It Better." Wow, that's uh, a, t- a tough karaoke one as well. I know. Yeah, but karaoke is not about doing it properly, is it? It's about no. passion. And I bring my passion to my yeah. time. And I love that song. And, you know, it's horribly sort of uh, jingoistic, isn't it? When he goes off the edge of the cliff with a Union Jack parachute. When that, it's just the perfect Bond song for me. I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's, it's timeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ollie Alexander could do like a refresh of that. That's a cool version of it. Yeah, something in because quite often now they, yeah, like some of the more recent Bond teams have sort of, you know, played up to the previous ones and stuff. So you could definitely yeah. see that. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, and that was one of my favorite like moments in Bond as well. Yeah. That parachute Absolutely. scene because it's ridiculous, but they it just gets away with it. Yeah. You said you had an M and a Q and some other. Yeah, so my Q is going to be a clever lady, and I think having seen Queen's Gambit. Anya Taylor-Joy would bring smarts and also just I'd like to see her you know giving Bond those big eyes like what pardon Um, I think she'd be fabulous and again another person that she's been in loads she's a really talented actress she's going to be in the new Edgar Wright film um, one night last night in Soho Mm -hmm. you know people have loved her in the Queen's Gambit um and she's also proved that she can do, you know, things like The Witch. Well, gloss over the X-Men thing. <laughs> but, you know, she's she's just great. And she looks great. And I'd like to see her being incredibly sort of exasperated with him. So for M, I'm going to go with Idris Elba. Oh. I, I don't want to see any more men in starchy shirts. <laughs> in the government. I want to see Idris Elba and I want his exasperation that he brings to Luther for this. So I want him to be like, listen, right, Bond, don't muck it up, yeah? Just, no, shush. And you know that sort of uh, sort of infuriated, infuriation that he has in Luther. I think it would work really well as a guy who's just, oh, he's so annoying, this Bond, this cocky Bond that comes swaggering in. And I, just, and I think Idris Elba is really great. Again, another great actor, has done some great performances. And I do think it's, I think he would have made a great Bond, but mm. he's, he's too old. So I sort of like the hat tip to that, that we yeah. acknowledge Idris would have been great, but then maybe he has previously been a Bond, but now he's an M and he's behind a desk. I really like that. Actually. I never really, I, you know, as much as we end up, always inevitably end up talking about Idris Elba, when we talk about Bond, I really had not thought about him as M and I really love it. No, me neither. And now that you've kind of opened that door, it, it could be anything, couldn't it? He could be a villain. He could be. He could do the theme. He could do the theme song. Yeah, another musical person. Yeah, that, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like M could do it, or um, Money Penny, or Bond himself, or maybe it's like a trifecta. Oh my god! Like a Bond supergroup. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it could be really cool. I think. And again, you know, M shaking it up and Whitehall, like you know. He is there storming through those corridors, looking great in his big overcoat Mm. and being grumpy. I like it. Great. Well, that looks like we've got 
Yeah, it feels like a Bond film. Makings of a film. Are there any other details that you would like to add in? Do you have any gadgets or cars or locations? Do you know where it's going to be? The Pentagon's obviously there's a few scenes set in the Pentagon. Yeah, there'll be Pentagon. And, you know, because there is uh, these unidentified aerial objects, um, maybe we could have near space um, or like, you know, like not on the moon. We're not going crazy here. But we could have, you know, um, weightlessness. I like a bit of weightlessness. And I think, you know, we we don't really want to go back to the Roger Moore in the sort of weird orange jumpsuit. And I certainly don't want to go back to attempting re-entry. But I... (laughs) would like to see a weightless fight i think okay yeah nice i suppose it's sort of like the, the christopher nolan um yeah the corridor aspect. yeah yeah of, of like reality bending in different ways and i'd like to see bond perform within uh, an arena where you know gravity isn't what it should be and other things don't work the way they should we could just send them up in the vomit comic couldn't we that you know that you and we could drop them and actually have like actually do it for yeah. real like what Tom Cruise did, yeah. What did Tom Cruise do? Did Tom Cruise go in space? No, he did the vomit comet. I remember he did a scene like from the mummy. The plane crashing, and um, they did that. It's the it's the plane that they used for Apollo um, eleven as well. They had people on there floating, and they just drop it, and you mm, zero gravity. A, a few seconds of zero gravity, and you throw up. Oh my god! Uh, Imagine that, and it's like that on Riz Ahmed. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Then Chloe's house, like, okay, retake, back up again. (laughs) Would you like me to sum up your Bond film for you, Jane? Yes, do it. Okay. Jane Crowther, your Bond film is as follows. As James Bond, you have Riz Ahmed, who's naughty but streetwise, as you said. Your Bond girl, your co-star, is Zendaya, who's a high-ranking Pentagon officer. Um, Your villain is Richard E. Grant, and he's somehow controlling UFOs that aren't really UFOs, they're UAOs or QFOs. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, that is, yeah. Yeah. But there's a conspiracy there that he's a sort of megalomaniac. He's a big, a big nasty, basically, big nasty villain. Your film's going to be directed by Chloe Zhao, hot off the success of Nomadland and uh, surely Eternals as well. Um, your song is going to be sung by Ollie Alexander, who's also going to be playing Moneypenny. M is going to be played by Idris Elba, and Q is played by Anya Taylor-Joy. How does that sound? It sounds much better how you said it instead of my rambling, but yes, I'd buy that for a dollar. Great, great. Well, there's one more question for you, Jean. Yep. That I've not prepared you for mm. on purpose. What's the title of your Bond film? Oh, man. I think it's it's got to be something related to this UFO. Yeah, it does. I'm trying to think what that is. Uh, could be for UFOs eyes only. <laughs> yep. Good. <laughs> like it. I was also thinking because of the way you described how you're going to film it with the vomit rocket, with the like dropping down for zero gravity. You could call it spacefall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I quite like that spacefall. Yep. And that's I all I've got. Uh, my only suggestion is, isn't to do with space or anything or the plot or anything. It's really just coming off of the Chloe Zhao uh, pick and it's called No Bond Land. Mm. Yeah, like it. I can't think of any uh, amusing quips because <laughs> you didn't... <laughs> I feel a little bit like Bond sitting in that chair 
with his uh, nether regions exposed. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to come back with. Well, me. if anyone listening at home has any great suggestions for Jane's Bond film, then let us know on Instagram and Twitter. It's buildabond007. Uh, you always come with great suggestions, so we'd love to hear your names for this Bond film and any feedback you have about Jane's film, any choices you loved, any that you didn't love. Well, Jane, thank you so much for coming on and giving us your picks for your Build a Bond. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on and a, a big uh, fanboy moment for me to, to, to be able to meet you. No, thank you. It's been really good fun to, to think about it and great fun talking about the possibilities. I feel like No Time to Die had better be as good as this that we've created <laughs> Yeah, I think this is one of the ones that we do in episode. Sometimes they're fun and like we do like funny picks and stuff, but this is one that I've listened to and thought, I just really want to see this Bond film. It's been such an honour and we can't wait to see you at the next Bond premiere. Yeah, maybe I'll see you there over the, the vodka martinis. There you go, Jane Crowther's Build a Bond, Riz Ahmed. Fantastic. That's a, an amazing, amazing pick. I'm surprised you haven't had it before because I, I love it and I'm, it's one I've thought about before. And yeah, of course, Jane, mega movie fan, mega Bond fan, has picked an absolute belter of a Bond film. How cool would it be if like, she actually had seen No Time to Die and this is all the little clues that she's given us? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> or she just got off a call from Barbara Broccoli yeah. and actually these are the actual picks. This is all just the big ruse. Yeah. Because actually, that's the other thing about it. Although it's build a bond, there are no rules. You can do anything. This is a plausible bond film. All these actors are about the right age. All these directors are, you know, you know what I mean? That's true. It's a very grounded film. It's very real. Mm-hmm. This is a film that you could make, like right now, everyone's in the right place to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, maybe it will happen. You heard it here first. A build a bond exclusive. This is what the next James Bond film will be. Enough of Bond. What about Madonna? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, first, Madonna's Austin Bowers song or Madonna's Bond song? The Bond song, Die Another Day, mm-hmm. 2002. Correct. Uh, and with that, my Bond knowledge is okay. Austin Powers, as I say, I watched the first one relatively recently, and I think that's 1997. I don't think she was in that or did a song for that that I can remember. The third one is Beyonce. Is that right? Beyonce's in it, yeah. He's in it. This first one came out in 1997 and Die Another Day came out in 2002. Probably the second Austin Powers came out before Die Another Day, which makes me guess she did Austin Powers first? You're correct! Yes! (laughs) Yes, so Austin Powers, uh, The Spy Who Shagged Me, came out in 1999 with the song Beautiful Stranger, which was a great song. Exactly. Yeah, really good song. Do you think that's actually got the gig on Bond? It probably was, yeah. <laughs> we ruined it with Die Another Day in 2002. So that was, a, I was right, it was the second Austin Powers, yeah? Second Austin Powers, yep. Um, and you're, you're right as well that Beyonce starred and did a theme song for Goldmember. What was her, what was her name in Goldmember again? I'm Foxy Cleopatra. That was and it, I'm yeah. a whole lot of women. <laughs> Her career has gone very differently since then, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's gone upwards. Yeah, very much so. If you know Beyonce or Madonna, um, then put us in touch with them. Mm-hmm. Our social medias, that's twitter.com forward slash build a bond. Is that correct? It's uh, build a bond 
007, of course. And also Instagram, where all you have to do is search for Build-A-Bond 007. That's right. Find us. Don't search for Build-A-Bond because you'll find those pesky bear people. Uh, it's Build-A-Bond 007. If you don't know Madonna or Beyonce, don't bother us on social media because we're not interested. Yeah. That's it. Thank you very much for listening and thank you very much, Fraser, for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you. It's good night from Newcastle. And it's good night from Aberdeen. Good night. Oh, I thought we were going to do that together. Oh, sorry.